Hi, Magical Mystical Journey listeners. It is Katie here. We have a different episode here for you today. This is from a new podcast that I have called Soul Savvy Business. The mission of Soul Savvy Business is to bring together the intersections of spirituality and business. I have a lot of metaphysical woo-woo guests that I know you're going to love, and I want to share the debut episode from this podcast with you. The guest here is Suzanne Alexandria. Suzanne is a spiritual transformation coach and an intuitive guide. She's a Reiki master. She's also a friend, and she also did some transformational work with me about a year and a half ago. She's passionate about helping other professionals and everyone become all that their soul is longing to be. I think that you're going to love this episode. So go ahead and give Soul Savvy Business a listen. Look in the show notes and you can subscribe to the podcast over in its own channel. And don't worry, we have recorded most of season three of Magical Mystical Journeys and we've got you covered. We're coming to you in January, 2023. In the meantime, enjoy this episode of Soul Savvy Business and happy listening. Miracy. God wants us to be happy. It always comes down to spirit. The divine wants us to be happy. And on this planet, you need money for just about everything. (laughs) Hello, I'm Katie Valentine, and you're listening to Soul Savvy Business. I'm a soul-minded spiritual entrepreneur, Christian minister, and a New Testament scholar, but don't let that scare you. I support all paths to the divine and use such tools as chakras, dreams, and intuition to get there. On this podcast, we explore the intersection of business and spirituality. What do I mean by that? Too often, we separate our business selves from our spiritual selves. But in doing that, we don't leverage the full potential of either one. This series aims to help you fall in love with your own soul so that you can live your most fulfilling and successful life. All of us desire meaning in life. We know there's more to life than just success, money, accomplishments, and accolades. All of those things are great. But even when we get them, if we aren't aligned with the divine, we will feel like something is missing. Or like many of my clients, maybe your religious upbringing was unsatisfying or even toxic. Maybe you're angry at God. Or maybe you were raised without spirituality, but now you find yourself in a place where you're longing for it to be part of your life but you're not sure how to get started. The problem is we all have a spiritual part of ourselves. Even if we ignore it or set it aside, it remains inside of us. If we're going to be successful as individuals and entrepreneurs, we really need to show up with the whole of ourselves. On the other side of the coin, also like a lot of my clients, you may have been raised to believe that money is evil. What does an entrepreneur do with that? If you can't allow yourself to pursue abundance, you can't fully serve others. So the question is, how do we pursue business success ethically? And what does it mean to lead a spiritual or even a religious life? And is it really possible to do both? The answer is yes. So keep listening as we explore the possibilities for living a life of ultimate freedom, peace, and abundance. In every episode, I offer a tip around abundance and your spiritual journey. This tip is all about alignment, a topic we're going to talk about a lot today. 
Your business, of course, should always be in alignment with you and with your values and with your spirit and with your soul as well. Alignment creates ethical abundance. When I realized this, it was a huge aha moment for me because I knew that it was really important to check my alignment because that meant bringing in ethical income for me and my household and my business, but also serving those who I serve at a much, much higher level and always checking to make sure that that alignment was there. We often think of alignment as something that happens in our minds and thinking about it is of course very important, but it's the union of your mind, your spirit, and your body where we find alignment. And it's that third one, the body, that's the subject of today's abundance tip. The thing about using our minds only is that they often tell us stories that actually aren't true, but our bodies never lie to us. A simple way to engage your body in your alignment check is to do a body scan. A body scan is very simple to do. All it involves is you sitting comfortably in a chair, feet flat on the ground. You can hold any part of your business that you're wondering about, whether it's something you've been doing for a long time or a new venture, very lightly in your mind. And as you offer that up, you can scan your body from head to toe. As you scan, you notice your body. You notice where there's places of ease and maybe even of joy. And you notice where there's places of dis-ease or of nausea or of cramping. And these signals will begin to tell you If the project, if the aspect of your business that you have in mind is in alignment with you and with your values, it takes just a little bit of practice, but not much at all to really get to know your body and the signals that it's giving to you about your own alignment. The body scan will give you really, really valuable information, and it's information that you can bring into your consideration and into your awareness to make sure that you are in alignment, mind, body, and spirit with all parts of your business. My guest today is spiritual transformation coach, Suzanne Alexandria. Suzanne helps business professionals realize their full potential, intuition, and passion through spiritual awakening and energy healing so that they leave doubt and anxiety behind. I've known Suzanne for four years, first as a colleague, then as a friend, then as someone who did amazing soul energy work with me when I became her client last summer for a few uplifting sessions. Welcome to the show, Suzanne. Thank you, Katie. I'm so excited to talk to you a little bit today about business and spirituality. And, you know, we got to know each other, I think it's been about four years. Is that right? Yeah, at least four years. Yeah. We were both doing some business training together at the time. And Suzanne, you're just one of those rare people that I met. And I thought, oh, we need to keep connecting because we do share a similar way of thinking about the divine. We have a little bit of a similar background. You know, I was ordained at the time, but learning to be more expansive and how I thought about God. And I feel like you showed me an example of how to do that. I was in California, you were in Colorado. So we had enough similarities, but enough differences to really keep the conversation alive and going. And voila, here we are. I would love for you to tell us what word or words do you use for the divine? This isn't an easy question for me to answer, and it changes because my understanding of 
spirit and the divine and God keeps evolving. So what is it to me? What do I define? It's the divine. It's both things and expressions is my answer to that. So yes, it's God, but then for me now, everything is part of God. So everything is divine in so many ways. But when I say like, I work with the divine or I connect with the divine, that which is divine, to me, that is the world of guides and angels and also source, which to me is a light, an energy, a vibration. What I do know is the divine loves me and loves all of us, loves you, loves the planet. And I don't think I can really even wrap my head around how big that is. <laughs> so it's not an easy question to answer, Katie, but it's a good question. It's not an easy question to answer. And sometimes the feeling we have inside of us, there really aren't words to express it. So we have to come up with something that's less than perfect. Yeah. How can you even put into words? <laughs> and I've been exploring lately with Rumi, who I love his poems, and he calls the divine his friend so many times. So I've even been really playing with that in recent years, like that personal relationship of whatever it is. <laughs> That's so great. And uh, I know in the Christian Quaker tradition, Jesus is often called friend with a capital F. Yes, that's really, I forgot about that. One of the ways we connected early on is that we're both Jesus followers, even though we may define that a little bit differently. So can you tell us a little bit about that background what being a Jesus follower, what you even mean by that now, and how that background prepared you, or maybe how it didn't prepare you for the spirituality that you experience now? Well, that's a very big question, Katie. But yes, I am a Jesus lover follower. <laughs> I talk to Jesus now. And I was raised Methodist in a very open church that thankfully, there weren't a lot of rules. And that suits me very well rules in the sense of dogma and things like that. So especially in high school and junior high, it was my safe haven. It was a place where I found such comfort. And I was with this very robust youth group program. That was my second home. And I feel so, so grateful and lucky that I had that because I needed that. And one of the best things about it was that we had this music director who sang. We sang with his guitar. It was the 70s and 80s. And we sang so much like campfire church Jesus songs. And that is how I connected. And while I don't connect like that anymore, I connect in the same way. Like I went there and I felt the love of the divine. And it was the platform that God was always friendly and love, and I'll be forever grateful for that. And what about now? Does that identity still continue to resonate with you? So certainly there are places that I go now that aren't part of that teaching, but that's okay. I've been fortunate to teach Reiki in my church here. I feel like it's about, can I be myself? That's been part of my journey to come out more in this way of channeling and doing what I do energetically and be who I am? That was a good question. Well, let's talk about intuition for a little bit, because this is an area that can trip so many people up. And we know that intuition is a really integral part of spirituality. And a lot of religion denies the importance of intuition. 
And especially those coming from evangelical Christian backgrounds, they've been told that their hearts are evil and deceitful and that their intuition cannot be trusted. So for years, I managed to suppress and ignore my own intuition. I didn't have a lot of people that could guide me about what that was or what that would even feel like. And in brass tacks terms, it landed me in two long-term relationships that went on way too long, way past their expiration date, because I was not listening to my intuition about when to uh, depart from those. Wait, you did that too? Who hasn't, <laughs> right? A common human experience. But <laughs> I went to the wrong school for my master's program. Like, hands down, it was not the right school. I knew that, but all these other voices were telling me to go to this one. But listening to my intuition, when I learned how to do that and learned how to tune into it and trust it, things got so much better and so much easier. So I'm curious for you, how has the intuition journey been significant? Mm. What occurs to me is to talk about when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, um, like eight years ago, magically, I started really to tap into my intuition to figure out what to do about that. And it's almost like it just happened. But I'd been practicing yoga, thankfully. And so I had been learning some breathing practices and meditation and practicing yoga. And when I was faced with some very big choices about my own health and understanding my health and what to do, it's like I magically fell into my intuition. And I would literally go to doctor's appointments and come home and sit and lay down in Shavasana and process what I'd heard. And through that, I processed what I was going to do because I had so many choices to make. And so I learned, oh, that's a pretty good way to make choices and figure stuff out is to get quiet. And that's now how I endeavor to make you know all the big choices, big and little choices in my life. So it's almost one of the main reasons to be spiritually connected is to be able to listen, follow our hearts. And what you say is so right. Like everything in our society almost competes against that and says, listen to this instead, listen to the news, listen to your teacher, listen to your preacher. Yeah, thank you. It's really valuable. A lot of people would say that spirituality isn't practical in any part of life, much less in business. Then, of course, there are those that do have spiritual practices in their lives, but they separate their business selves from their spiritual selves. For me, my spirituality actually informs my business life. As I make decisions about my business or any new direction, I find that if I turn to the spiritual part of me first, things fall into place much more easily. I am guided intuitively to strong yeses or strong noes just when I need them. So my spiritual practices and intuition form a support system for me that guide me to my own best wisdom. I use tools like meditation, art, and angel cards when I'm exploring some new part of my business to make sure that my decisions are in alignment with who I am and where I'm going. I encourage my clients to do the same, maybe not using exactly the same tools, but using whatever tools or practices they connect with. But that can be hard for a lot of people who feel like their spiritual practices are for Saturdays or Sunday mornings, and their business self shows up Monday through Friday. I asked Suzanne how she integrates her own spirituality with her business and how she helps her clients with that as well. Well, first of all, I'm lucky because my business is focused on spirituality and understanding each individual's spiritual self. So 
my teaching and my business is about being your spiritually connected self, no matter what your vocation is. So in that sense, I don't want any separation. And the people who are attracted to my work want that too. And I'm going to be honest, I envision that the world will be better. I would like to have a world where more people are working as their spiritual self, our government leaders, especially, and our teachers and, you know, all of us. So maybe there won't even need to be this distinction someday. Like we're just our open selves doing jobs, period. (laughs) Yeah, this full integration. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, integration and no separation, right? I was in the corporate world for 20 years in Washington, D.C., and I had my own ideas of who I was, and so did everybody in my whole life. And so coming out of the metaphysical closet as a business person hasn't been easy at all. And I still encounter that with my clients. What I have learned is, you know, for many years, for instance, in my corporate life in Washington, D.C., I was happy, but I was not fully connected as a spiritually connected woman. And I definitely ran on a deficit there, like not being fully grounded in who I really, really was. So I would say like I was denying part of myself. And for any of us, if we're doing that, we're not bringing our full A-team to the game. And I think that's what a lot of people are going through. People are dissatisfied in work and even in their lives. And I find this with my clients, but it's not that the job needs to change necessarily. It's that who you're being wants to change. So to me, being spiritually connected is opening to the divine and opening to your heart and opening to your soul. What does your soul really want for you? And if you're running your life like that, then you're satisfied. (laughs) It's not always easy, but you're at least following your heart and what you desire. So then it only makes sense to run a business really from that place too, or why would you? So it's much more about being yourself than adhering to any spiritual belief or anything. To me, it's about opening to that part of you that so many of us just have lived far too long shut off from, if that makes sense. Suzanne talked about denying part of ourselves when it comes to our business or other areas of our lives where maybe we don't think spirituality is appropriate. And that's what it is, a denial of a very real and important part of ourselves. I thought more about the impact that really has on our emotions, energy levels, and just overall the outcomes we experience in our daily lives. Sure, it can be challenging in some ways to integrate spirituality into all aspects of our life, but isn't it worth it? For me it is, and not just because my business happens to be spiritually focused. If I approach any problem or opportunity and I do my spiritual work first, I feel much better about it than if I go straight into lists and spreadsheets and try to figure things out only on my own. When I do the spiritual work first, I'm able to let go of the worry and the anxiety Things like, can I afford it? Or how is this going to work? If I'm approaching it first spiritually, that opens me up to so many more possibilities than I would see from a perspective of worry or limitations. I take a step back and have a broader, calmer viewpoint. 
I let that higher part of me that has infinite intelligence, wisdom, and possibilities take over. And that approach is always helpful to me and my business. I asked Suzanne about her approach to leveraging spirituality in her own business. For me, it's approaching it being spiritually connected while I'm doing those things. Because I do plenty of budgets and QuickBooks. But even then, I try to stay connected to those little voices and the light and the energy. And there's a lot that goes into that. It all starts with my practices too, our routines of prayer or whatever brings us into that center. And it also really helps when a client is challenging. Yeah. I can, if I can approach it from a spiritual place instead of from an anger place. <laughs> with appreciation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. With appreciation for the challenges that have arisen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how we learn. <laughs> you're listening to your own heart and your own soul and your own desires and your team that loves you. And so when you follow that, you're going to make the best choices. You're going to find what really helps you be happy and find joy and find your passion. It's like the gold at the end of the rainbow when you learn how to do that and how to connect and how to tap in because then you're finding what lights you up from the inside. I think that the most important thing for entrepreneurs is to be true to yourself. And if whatever your version or your way of spirituality is, you cannot deny that or you're denying a part of you. And that's what takes like the most bravery. But in the end, it comes out to be what will undoubtedly make you most successful as an entrepreneur too. So Suzanne mentioned being a successful entrepreneur. And I think everyone would agree that money is a key component and how a lot of us would define personal and professional success. But I think many entrepreneurs struggle with that, especially if they are spiritually seeking or they have certain religious upbringings. That got me to thinking about the question of money, making money, having money, charging money. And I've got to say, I've been there with my own struggles. Contrary to the widespread portrayal of Christians in popular culture, most of us are actually terrified of money. Sure, you have the offhand pastor who has millions and exploits their money, but most everyday churches and Christians are actually struggling and really have a scarcity mindset around money. When I first started out in my own business and receiving clients, I thought it was a virtue to practically give away my services. And I didn't recognize how much that diminished my own value and my own gifts that I've worked really, really hard to cultivate. It took me a while to get to the place where I recognized that our relationship with money reflects our relationship to the divine. I asked Suzanne about her beliefs about money, especially as an entrepreneur in a spiritually based business. Well, I certainly had my share of beliefs about money and serving in a spiritual way. That's a theme that many, many, many of us have. Like, let's just take, for example, Reiki, because I use Reiki and I teach Reiki. And like the thought that occurred to me and that I had to untangle was, well, this is just, this is God's gift. How do we charge money for this? Right. But I came around after a while, thinking, well, actually, everything is God's gift. Everything. A surgeon is gifted with surgical skills that are God's gift. (laughs) A chef 
It's the same thing. So my Reiki skills are the same and they're worth money and there's a value to my time and all of that. But it took quite a long time to parcel out what was true and what was not and come into really confidence charging money. Yeah. Those core beliefs around money and this idea that money's the root of all evil and that like nothing good can come from money, it's so prevalent and it's such a it's such a core belief worth excavating and transforming in our lives, especially for entrepreneurs. Yeah. And then there's been levels because I want to have a good life and have ample resources. So it's even not just about getting by, but having a lot is also okay. It's okay to have money. God wants us to be happy. It always comes down to spirit. The divine wants us to be happy. And on this planet, you need money for just about everything. (laughs) Yes. The topic of alignment is a really important one for everyone who is an entrepreneur. Sometimes when we're majorly out of alignment, there can be a big light bulb that goes off. For me, that was when I was getting turned down for academic positions that I was actually a really good candidate for, but they were just not in alignment with what the divine had in store for me. Of course, it took a few years of getting turned down over and over before I realized and had the light bulb moment about alignment. But in business, sometimes it's the small things where we're out of alignment that have the biggest impact. Not too long ago, I was in a session with my coach and he commented that I seemed a little scattered and I knew instantly that he was right. It just took someone else pointing out the misalignment. I had too many frayed edges. There were too many small things that I was offering, but they weren't really impacting and changing people's lives in the way that I desired. As soon as I acknowledged this misalignment and I just focused in for a day or two, the universe responded and I enrolled three people within two days in significant life-changing programs right after that. I know that we've all been there. Sometimes it can really help to hear other people's struggles. It can validate our own and keep us from feelings of self-doubt or guilt because those will just knock us right back out of alignment again. I asked Suzanne if she would be willing to out herself on this topic. Oh, I've gone in and out of alignment, you know, especially when things change, but we always have a need to evolve and that can be really, really tricky. So as the needs of my clients have changed and I have expanded, the old fears come up that, oh, who am I to do that? Or I'm not good enough for that come up. And that inevitably has taken me out of alignment so many times I don't even want to admit it. But I mean, honestly, it's real. So I want to be honest about that. That um, doubt is probably the biggest thing that takes any of us out of alignment. Doubt about our capabilities, who we really are. So those are the voices that we have to be very conscious of saying no to. Otherwise, like for me, they'll take me out of alignment and into a place of being stopped in my tracks. And I've come to a place of not even being willing to entertain that anymore, basically, but it's been a road. What do you do to get back into alignment when those doubts are persistent? Oh, well, I have some songs that I listen to. (laughs) We have to know uh, one of them. What's one of them? (laughs) Oh, what's one of them? Oh my gosh. Well, I love... I'll just say several of my favorite artists that have really 
badass songs like Katy Perry and Pink. Pink's all I know so far. That gets me out because just hearing some of the songs of these strong, strong women like Adele, there's so many. Beyonce, there's so many songs about the struggle. And for me, they speak right to my heart. And just kind of getting back to those reminds me, oh yeah, okay, it's not just me. It's a human condition and there's light at the end of the tunnel. So that's one of my tools. I mean, we all need to call our people or do a session, you know? We don't do this by ourselves because it's really hard. And there's so many things out there that could derail us. So keeping in touch with our people, having our trusted confidants and people that we rely on is a big one. I love that. And sometimes the most effective tools are the simplest. And music and community are tried and true spiritual tools, although we don't often think of them as being spiritual, but certainly they are. They're not only spiritual, but they are spiritual. I mean, there's nothing that a good Taylor Swift song won't take care of these days for me, which is lucky. Suzanne and I covered a lot of territory in our discussion about what it means to integrate your spiritual self with your business self and why it matters. Before we wrap up, I wanted to ask Suzanne if she had any special advice to share with our listeners. Being a spiritual business person is about opening yourself to your true self and letting that be who you are. Finding what brings you joy, finding where you want to play, whatever that is, what you want to create, what you want to sell, what your passion is. That's, again, what most of my clients are looking for, too. And so I help them dig into that and reveal it because it's there and it wants to be revealed. It's like we got to unlayer all the mud from life and the beliefs and, you know, the thoughts that you can't really have what you want. One of my coaches asked, well, what's your playground? And then I started to use that too. Well, what is my playground? Where do I want to play? Where do I want to say have an impact or leave a legacy? Or where do I want to teach? That's my playground. So I would encourage listeners to explore that. I can't think of a better metaphor to round out the conversation than encouraging listeners to find their playground for spiritual alignment, for impact in their entrepreneurship. This has been so fun to have you here. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Katie. It's so fun. And yeah, I agree. Let's leave listeners with that big question. Go on a walk or a hike or journal and ask yourself, what's my playground? because it's probably been a while since you've asked that. Suzanne, thank you so much for being here. What's the best way for people to find you? It's my pleasure, Reverend Dr. Valentine. (laughs) I like calling you that. Um, People can find me at SuzanneAlexandria.com. And I've got an easy to find newsletter if you'd like to sign up and be in touch with me. I've got some free meditations right on my homepage, and I also have a lot of free meditations and channelings on my YouTube channel, Suzanne Alexandria on YouTube. So I would love to see anyone there. I'm Katie Valentine, and you've been listening to Soul Savvy Business. Soul Savvy Business is a part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Just Between Coaches and Once Upon a Business. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. I wrote this episode with Melissa Deal and Cynthia. 
Melissa assembled the episode. Danny Eaney is our executive producer. Post-production was by Post Office Sound. To make sure you don't miss great episodes coming up on Soul Savvy Business, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please give us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. 